TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Radio 92.9 The Game. Back at a Chuck Show. Hanging out in the Kia Studios on this Wednesday evening with you. 404-726-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond Text Line to be a part of this show. Well, the SEC schedule for 2024 is out, and the man we kind of really always turn to, our buddy Bill Bender, national writer for the Sporting News. You can follow Bill on his personal Twitter page, at BillBender92, and he joins me on the WadeFord.com hotline, Atlanta's Ford dealer. As always, Bill, appreciate a few minutes uh, in Atlanta with us uh, tonight. Always good to talk to you. No, thanks for having me on. Um very cool. Very busy night with the SEC schedule. I assume we're going to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, look, um, <laughs> you know, for all of the easiness of the schedule this year for Georgia, you know, things will get cranked up in 2024. They're going to go to Texas. They're going to go to Alabama. Um, you know, look, it, it's it, it's the price you pay, right? I mean, for being the national program, you know, and the best program in college football that – you know, this is going to be a fun ride come come this first season with, you know, Oklahoma and Texas coming in. Yeah, and they're clearly showing Oklahoma, or, uh, Alabama and Georgia to Oklahoma and Texas, Texas, if you know what I mean. Oklahoma gets Alabama at home. Texas gets Georgia at home. I mean, it's not going to be an easy schedule for Georgia and Alabama. As a result, it's going to put a high premium – on that game when they play in Tuscaloosa. So I, I don't want to call it strictly a loser from a schedule standpoint because Georgia and Alabama, their road is tougher. I would say that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the thing, you know, one of the things about the SEC schedule that I'm so glad that they're getting back to is we are going to get Texas and Texas A&M back together. And, and it's funny, Bill, you know, for – all of the angst and everything that we heard for a few years there when this rivalry went away, it's amazing how everybody can come together when all the money is on the table and there's this whole pile of cash in front of everybody. Oh, it's on the field, right? I yeah. mean, these I've told people for years, I don't, I don't think fans in the country hate each other more than those two. I really don't, and I live in Columbus. So <laughs> uh, it, it's uh, – it's definitely a heated rivalry. I'm glad they're going to reunite on the field. I'm actually nice little touch too that Texas is going to Texas A&M and going to Arkansas. Some old Southwest Conference rivalries there. I thought Texas, it's clear, is going to be the shiny new toy, the center of the conference's attention as they go into the SEC. There's no doubt about that. 
so I, I have a couple of questions that, that I want to get your answer to about not even just the SEC, but, but about across the country. First question is the idea of that all of these conferences seem to be going to non-divisions now. ACC is going that way. SEC is going to play that way. Big Ten is, you know, going to do that. I mean, why, you know, look, I'm an old stuck-in-the-mud, I guess, kind of guy. I like divisions. Why do you think that they're, all these conferences are going away from having any separation within the conference? So trying to get the two best teams, regardless of division, into the championship game. And that doesn't always happen. I know with the Big Ten, the big point of consternation is, okay, well, Michigan and uh, Ohio State have to play in the finale in the next week. Just like I'm sure that's why that Alabama-Georgia game placement is so interesting to me because in some ways you want to protect your heavyweights. And I think it does create a pecking order for the 12-team playoff to look at. You know, it, it makes it a little less complicated. To be clear, I'm like you. I like divisions. I like that kind of format. I like the reward for winning your division. But I, I would anticipate that all five conferences do it this way in the future. Yeah, and you know, it's funny, Bill, because the ACC made a point to, when they set up divisions and everything, to make sure Miami was on one side and Florida State was on the other because the anticipation was, oh, well, we're going to have Miami-Florida State every year, and that's two of the top programs in the country and you know to quote the great Lee Corso, not so fast, my friend. I mean, you know, we we didn't really get any of those matchups to it. So you know, again, to your point, what, just when you think you have the answers, you know, people change the questions, and we never really get what we think we're going to get out of these you know types of matchups where you want the two best or whatever. Right, I and mean, we got two years till twenty twenty four. I mean, obviously, I, if you, I did a winners and losers that I submitted like everybody else, I think LSU. Caught some schedule breaks, right? They get their toughest games at home. Mississippi State, they, here was something interesting for you guys. There was uh, 11 SEC games, SEC rivalries, including Oklahoma and, and Texas's games, have been played more than 100 times. The only school that lost two of those was Mississippi State. They, they lost, you know, they played Alabama 100 times. Mm-hmm. They played LSU a, a ton of times. So they're one of those schools the kind of, again, loser by schedule, but loser because they lost two historical rivals. Bill Bender, National College Writer for Sporting News, sportingnews.com, so we can check out all of his work. So the other part of the question that I have is, why, why is there such a struggle to come up with a model for number of games to play? I mean, obviously, we just had all the SEC meetings down in Destin, and they can't come up with a format and this, that, and the other. So, you know, they kind of go through this thing one year at a time. Why is there such a struggle for these conferences to come up with the right number of games to play as far as an in-conference schedule? See, I'm a proponent of nine, even ten. I would go to ten. I would go to ten if I was a commissioner. I would play ten conference games. I would keep leaning on my in-house strength of schedule. Yeah, and then – the the non-conference scheduling will suffer because of that. And that's fine. I mean, if, if Alabama plays 10 conference games, I have no problem whatsoever if they play Southern Mississippi and a conference USA school. I don't, you know? Um, so I, I think that's something to watch. But I, I am wondering how the 12-team college football playoff will rectify the 
each league schedule because, like I said, the disadvantage to the SEC in this format is if Ole Miss and Wisconsin are both sitting there at nine and three and they're fighting for that last playoff spot, I'm going to take Wisconsin because they played an extra conference game. Well, and and you know here's but here's the other part of that, and I'll kind of maybe play contrarian a little bit. One of the things that I think is great. Um, in the SEC and ACC is the fact that you have five games where they play one another. So you've got Carolina, South Carolina, and Clemson. You've got Georgia, Georgia Tech. You've got games, you know, Kentucky, even Louisville. I mean, Florida, Florida State. Like, I don't – me personally, I don't want there to be those kinds of games sacrificed for the sake of even playing an extra conference game because, again – there's still plenty of, you know, Vanderbilts and Missouris and teams like that that are going to, you know, be in the mix. I would rather see even a Georgia-Georgia Tech than, let's say, a, you know, again, and I'm just using, you know, an example, a, a, a of, I, I don't know, who's the bottom feeder of the of the West? I mean, a, you know, an Arkansas or, or somebody like that versus Georgia. I'd rather see an in-state rival kind of game. For sure, and, and that's a fair point, you know, with those – because that is laced into the SEC schedule, having those ACC games. I guess my other point would be, I think it incentivizes less. Like, for example, Michigan-Texas is on the schedule in a few years, and I'm wondering if I was Michigan and I'm playing nine conference games and I got Texas, it's also a possible playoff matchup in some ways. Now, you got to think of that in some ways with those heavyweight non-conference matchups. It's like, why am I going to play this team in September when I might see them in November. That's something to think about, too. You know, and, and Bill, as we look at the expanded playoff, you know, I, I've said this for a, a long time that, and, and years and years that I've said this, that, look, you are never going to have all neutral site games if the playoff expanded. It was always going to be home games for, for the better teams. I mean, the idea that, you know, oh, well, we can incorporate all the bowl system and all that, that was never going to happen. They were never going to play – you know, uh, a a playoff game at, um, you know, Ford Field for the Little Caesars Bowl or, you know, in the Poulan Weed Eater Bowl. You know, yeah, you're going to have the big bowls that get mixed in just like we do now, but I like the idea of rewarding teams early on to, and I hate to say it this way, to kind of help ensure even more that we don't get, you know, too many upsets in this. I want to see the best teams in the country play the best teams in the country. Yeah, and that's why we're doing it. And I think that will create some excitement. It, I have said all along that the 12-team playoff is going to alter how you view the regular season. For example, last year, I always point to this game, when LSU beat Alabama, and this is going to be a dated reference, um, You know, I was out with some of the lacrosse dads, and they were acting like the Wicked Witch was dead because <laughs> Alabama was out of the playoff. Um now it's just seeding. Alabama yes. could lose that. Alabama last year, if we're in a 12-team playoff, I, I could, could still contend it might have been Alabama and Georgia for the championship again. Yeah, and, and, and to that point, Bill, you know, at this point, the SEC championship game will probably never be an elimination game for the playoffs. I mean, it, it, it just won't be an elimination game. I mean, we've obviously seen that, you know, multiple teams that have been in the SEC title game get in but this, I mean, at the at the 12-team playoff now, it's pretty much a guarantee that the SEC title game will never be an elimination game for a playoff berth. 
Right, and that's something I've pointed out to no avail. And I know how the SEC championship game is in the conference identity, but there's less value in it now. Yes. I, I, I just believe that. It's like a – it's kind of like a major conference basketball championship game for the most part. There's – unless you're a team trying to get in the big dance, there's less value in it. And I – and I think it'll be the same for the other ones. I mean, the SEC championship game obviously is the most watched every year and has the most on the line. But weekends like last year where, you know, Ohio State slipped in by virtue of a couple losses, that, that'll probably be less. I, I really believe that. Well, and to your point, Bill, and last question for you. Um, look, the SEC championship game has arguably been – at worst, the third most important game played in college football, maybe next to the playoff games. And, you know, obviously if it was in the BCS era, I mean, it was maybe the second most important game played because, again, that was going to probably decide who was getting that national championship berth or one of those playoff spots. To your point now, that moves from maybe the third most important game in the country to, I don't know, maybe the sixth or seventh most important game in the country. And it does lose some of that cachet of – whether it's perceived or real, some of that cachet of the importance of, you know, the loser not being in a playoff picture. Now the loser is going to be in every year. Right. And especially it it definitely brings up how you were saying when you lose the divisions, there's no chance that like the five loss team is playing in that game and trying to get a Cinderella berth or whatever you want to call it. I don't know if that we can call Cinderella's a seven and five team, a Cinderella in college football. So it is going to be more for seeding. I'm anxious to see what the, that value translates to because I, I was making the comparison. It would be like at the end of the NFL regular season, the Falcons and Saints play in a division championship game before the wild card. Nobody's going to care about that game. Right. They, they want to care about what the playoffs look like because the NFL with just one team getting a buy is put less value on that seeding. Yeah, absolutely. Bill Bender, you can check out his work at SportingNews.com. He's on Twitter, at BillBender92, and he joined me here on the WaitFor.com hotline. Bill, as always, buddy, good uh, conversation. Always appreciate the time with you, and uh, we will chat again here soon. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Take care. You got it. When we come back, it will be time for What's Bugging Chuckery. Well, that lasted a year. Up next, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, Odyssey.com app. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 